Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV, episode number 445 for Tuesday the 29th of March 2016. So nice to have you here. I'm Robbie. And I'm Jeff Weston. Welcome to you, Jeff Weston. Thank you. There should be some fanfare or some cheering. Or something. You made it in. We're here. We've got internet. It went down just before we went live, and it came back up. It's perfect. So here we go. It's going to be an awesome show. Uh, tonight, we are looking at Bluetooth devices uh, from a coin-sized device that's going to help you so that you never lose your stuff again. Yes. We were talking about this before the show. This yes. thing is awesome. You've seen some of them. I'm going to show you the best one that there is. Also, uh, we're going to check out some improvements that have been made to Bluetooth wireless headphones. I'm excited about that. I... I'll we, save that for later. We got the I'm guy. I'm excited. We got the guy. <laughs> Former radio DJ in the house. Uh, what better guy to test uh, headphones? Yes. Yeah. Hopefully my eardrums haven't been ruined too bad. From oh, we concerts. will ruin them tonight. <laughs> Yes. I got dubstep loaded up there, ready to go. Excited. Uh, also, we have some viewer questions tonight. Oh, good. It's been a while since we've done that. Uh, they've been piling up, and it's about time that we started addressing some of those major pressing issues that have been piling up. And uh, We're going to crack into that mailbag. Yeah, I'm looking forward We're to We're going to make sure. There's... Also, Jeff, I've got NetTalk Duo 2s to give away. Yes. Free telephone calling anywhere in the U.S. and Canada. It's exciting. If you live in Sweden, you can get one of these and you can call and receive calls from Canada, U.S. I'm not going to get into it right now, but we got a bunch of these to give away. So stick around. NetTalk Duo 2 is coming up. Jeff? Yeah. You got the news? I, I do have the, the news. news. I do have the news. Tell us what's coming up. All right. Well, here's what's coming up in the Category 5.TV newsroom. A new iOS malware has been discovered that could potentially affect any device, even non-jailbroken ones. And a customer database and information about Verizon's security flaws were put up for sale by criminals last week. Frighteningly sophisticated form of USB malware has been discovered that can steal confidential data, even from air-gapped computers. Microsoft is facing some difficult challenges in artificial intelligence design after its chatbot Tay had an offensive meltdown on social media. I was following that one. It was quite interesting. Uh, mm. More AI news. They're writing some novels, and they're not half bad. And Ubuntu. I was excited about this one. There's a Ubuntu tablet. It's a standard tablet. Oh, we've been waiting for it. Desktop computer and more. Yes. Stick around. All the full details are coming up later in the show. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Welcome to the show. This is Category 5 Technology TV, and I'm your host, Robbie Ferguson. And I'm Jeff West, and I'm not your host. I'm just the co-host. My lid almost shot off and ricocheted off your forehead. And a new tech, exploding pen lids. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, speaking of explosions, how do you like that for a segue? That was great. How about that there ice storm we had here in Ontario? Wild. You know what? I, I know it was Ontario, but it really felt like it was just in Barrie. Because of all the power outages, Barrie equated to over 50% of the power outages. Really? Yeah, it was pretty nuts. And so, we broadcast from beautiful Barrie, Ontario. Right. Thursday night, the ice started coming down from the heavens and coated the trees. The yeah. trees said, I don't like having 500 pounds worth of ice on my branches, so I'm going to let my branches go. On the power lines. All night long, Thursday night, all we heard in the forest was cracking trees, breaking branches, stuff crashing to the ground. Power's out, internet's out, infrastructure altogether was out. Yes. In fact, power was out for a, a day and a bit here in Barrie mm -hmm. in a lot of places. And where I'm located, our cellular tower, the service actually went down. Really? So I don't know if it was part of the tower getting covered in ice or if wow. maybe they had pa no power for too long and people couldn't get in to refill the generators or what. But, oh, that could be. So we had yeah. nothing. No internet, no power, no uh, no Tim Hortons. So what what did you do? How did you survive? And no cell phone, so I couldn't even call anyone. So no technology. Say, so we didn't we didn't have any way to check the weather forecast. We didn't know if we were under some kind of crazy warnings or what was coming or what was already here. Yeah. All we knew is okay. We got no lights. We got no internet. We got no cell phone. We've got nothing. 
It was like jumping back to 1943. 1843. Wow. I, I, you that. know what? I can't say I was around in 19 or 1843, so I don't know what it was like. It was a good year. <laughs> Some of the viewers are going, yeah, I remember. <laughs> exactly. I remember that. Yeah. It was terrible. For us, No though, internet. Yeah. For diseases us, though, rampant. <laughs> that's right. The Black Plague. <laughs> uh, but for us, though, it was interesting. Not that we're making fun of the Black Plague. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, where was I going with that? Oh, yeah. So, you had no power, and we didn't yes. have power either, but our kids got a kick out of it because it looked like fireworks were going off all over the place. Hence the explosion segue. Yeah. So, we're sitting there having dinner. Power goes out, and we're like, oh, okay, well, it's, you know, ice. It'll eventually come hmm. back on. And then we notice the sky flashing colors of blue and purple and green and pink. And we're like, okay, that's some odd lightning. And then we realize it's transformers from all around are blowing up. The poor electrical workers. I felt bad. But there was a really cool uh, video that one of my friends posted on Facebook. Um, she just watched it. She was filming it. And the transformers just going. Psh, 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 psh. It was like right out of the movies where the sparks are going. Yeah. And it was really neat. And then we realize how incredibly reliant on infrastructure we are. On digital infrastructure and technological yeah. infrastructure. And then the. The cleanup. I mean, I think about the poor hydro workers who did a fantastic job getting us back up and running. They're still working. They're still working. And, you know, tree branches are still coming down and and Mm -hmm. so on. Um, Our game servers at mindtest.tv, of course, went down. Yep. Um, So we had, you know, the UPS has 17 minutes worth of battery backup or something. Couldn't survive a day and and a half. You know, a day and a half later, there's still no internet, no power. So guess what? Um, So that that was really the worst that we saw of it. Um, There was a lot of damage around though so mm-hmm. I'm, you know i feel for those who who had damage um but uh so infrastructure is kind of back up and running obviously we've got internet tonight yep um and people have been doing a great job of that but the cleanup afterwards oh, not just nuts. physical um it, driving down a road and having to swerve into the oncoming traffic lanes in order to avoid big trees that are it's on the like road. a tornado scene in some areas it looks like it yeah um and then uh the ice coming down um a jogger was jogging the the morning after and a chunk of ice came down and oh, and hit them luckily, luckily they were okay i didn't hear that some of them some of those ice chunks are 100 pounds oh easily coming it down off thick. of a power line or the top of a, a yep. street light and so the street light comes on they haven't all been upgraded to led yet so they generate a bit of heat and, and it then it off. slides down and falls off yeah uh, cars driving on the highway that have <sighs> they, you know you scrape you think to scrape off your windows but not your but roof not the roof and so <sighs> yep Luckily, I haven't heard of any casualties to that, but there was one particular image that uh, the local authorities posted that warned, hey, you got to clear off your roof, too, because this is what happens. And watched, right through I the windshield. watched it. On the Saturday, we went to the in-laws for uh, an Easter um, dinner. Mm-hmm. And while we were driving there, we're going down the highway, and I watched this van. It was one of the... Like the seven seaters, like okay, or eleven like seaters, a bus. like the really long yeah, vans, yeah. Mm-hmm. and a, a solid sheet of ice just went, whoosh, just came off. Oh my god! Hit the vehicle behind. I thought oh, for no. sure the window was smashed, but the wipers go on. It just keeps going. <laughs> Tis Canada, you know. We just we just turn on the wipers and keep on going. <laughs> That's right. Let insurance deal with it later. You know. Yeah, it was it was good. Wow. I thought for sure it was going to smash his window, but it didn't. But, I mean, the ice Good. was thick. I mean, we, we were yeah, looking oh, at yeah. our trees out front, and in some cases, we had two inches of solid ice oh, around yeah. the branches. It was nuts. Heavy, yeah. heavy stuff. Um, so that's what we were up to. How about you? Yeah. How's the weather in your neck of the woods? Watching and the chat room, people are going, it sounds like a Michael Bay movie. It's freaky. <laughs> so, <laughs> the lights go out. That's right. The ice starts falling. Yeah. But my kids learned about uh, the shadow puppets. So we, yeah. we got, the, or, uh, I guess that's what you call them, but we got the flashlights out and for about half an hour on the ceiling. We're doing the birds and the dogs. There you go. They thought it was Yeah, great. you had to be creative. I, on the other hand, ended up being the guy that, okay, we had no food that was accessible enough that you could cook it or that you could eat it without yep. cooking it. Because um, I on weekends, I cook roasts and mm-hmm. chicken dinners and things like that. So I started driving and... Every single restaurant, lights are out. I found yeah. one restaurant that was about 20 minutes away. The lights were on, and I was like, yes! 
and they were closed for Easter holiday. (laughs) (laughs) Story of my life, people. That's unfortunate. So I drove. It was a 30-minute drive to the only Tim Hortons I could find with power. Yeah. I got through the drive-thru. I got dinner for me and the kids and my wife and got it home, and a half-hour drive home, and they messed up the order completely. So I don't know if I got someone else's order. (laughs) So I was just like, I just wanted to pull out what little hair I had. So I'm like, (laughs) 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 yeah, what do you do? Right. I can't phone them and say, "Uh, sorry, you got my order wrong. Yeah. Oh, Um, one of my friends, she was in the middle of cooking her turkey. No. Oh yes. Easter weekend. So she threw it on the barbecue. Yeah. Which was great. Okay. Till it became a burnt offering. Dear me. <laughs> was, so sad. She posted a photo. I was like, ooh, that is one charred bird. Yeah. Yeah, turkey doesn't want to slow so smoke that, but you need, a, you need 10 hours to do it. <sighs> so that's uh, that's where we're at. Hey, welcome yeah. to the show. This is Category 5 Technology TV. If you're new here, like Mohammed uh, Mamir, Mohammed Mamir is joining us yes. from Algeria. Thanks for staying up Welcome. late. It's like, uh, I don't know, about quarter after midnight right now as you're watching. Thanks yeah. for joining us tonight. And uh, if you're new here, uh, I want to say greets to you. Nice to mm-hmm. see our chat room is very active. Let's head on over to our viewer location map. And on our viewer location map, we can see, and you can see if you want to go over to map.cat5.tv. You can see all the viewers that are tuning in tonight. Hello to you over in wow. uh, all these places. Wow. Actually, the Dominican didn't have to worry about it ice storm i'll bet you that didn't happen to you over there in the dominican uh, and we've got a viewer there cayman islands yeah well done welcome to the show let's uh let's head east over here uh we don't have too many people watching in algeria tonight but in the northern end uh, i see you up there like so fun. you're not alone there muhammad wow. uh, we've got uh, a fair handful of people watching up in the north end of algeria we've got a ton of people watching in germany and over in ireland and uh the uk welcome to the show france is uh, pretty well covered as well in switzerland and even up in the uh, western side of russia China. We've got a lot of you watching tonight. South Korea, Japan. So all that to say, hey, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Hey, if you love what we do here at Category 5 TV, uh, we we just love for you to support us and partner with us. And it's important because we do have to keep the internet up and running. We've got to keep the studio, uh, we've got to keep the landlord happy. And that means paying the rent. And the rent check comes out in a day or two. Um, so, hey, you can head on over to cat5.tv slash Patreon. I think it's a cool way to support the show. Absolutely it is. It's you like basically say... 25 cents. Yeah. You say, you know what, I love what they're doing at Category 5 TV, be it Category 5 Technology TV, be it the Mind Test uh, gaming servers, be it the Pixel Shadow, be it uh, New Every Day or Creation Today or any of the broadcasts that we do on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. And if you love what we do, all you have to do is say, you know what, 25 cents a week, I can do that. So head on over to cat5.tv slash Patreon. If 1,000 of you did this, and right now we're at about 43 people that are currently backing us uh, in this way, it's so simple. 1,000 people could say, I can give 25 cents an episode and our rent is paid. That'd be amazing. It, it's really, it, we need it. Um, we're volunteers here at the show. Um, if we don't make the bills, then it comes out of our pockets and that just, it's just, it's tough. So um, please consider supporting us. Right now, it's more important than ever. Our bills have been high, and uh, and the support, as I said, uh, we've got about 43 people supporting us on Patreon right now. That's pretty low, considering you can see our map, how many people are watching around the world. Well, we were just looking at stats earlier, like 75,000 or 750,000 a week or something like that. We had about 10, we average about 10,000 viewers per day. Yeah. So that's people clicking on through Roku, through uh, various means of tuning into the show. We try to make it as accessible as yeah. possible and we offer it for free. So we're not asking you to pay for Category 5. We're asking you to say, hey, I'd like to see this thing keep going. Uh, we're in season nine. We're serious about it and we really need your support. Please consider heading on over to cat5.tv slash Patreon. And we've got other ways to support us as well. Uh, PayPal is there. You can go to the Patreon page and there's a big disclaimer up at the top. Hey, if you don't want to use Patreon, click here and it'll take you over to our tip jar. And you can do it that way. And a lot of people do that as well. 
And that makes a difference. So uh, I said 1,000 people at 25 cents an episode, our rent would be paid. Um, 500 people, if we double that, if you can do 50 cents per episode, which is 50 cents per week, mm-hmm. uh, then that would be fantastic. Or maybe there's people that can give $2 an episode. And, uh, and if you are that person, then it would only take 125 people. Simple math. That's it. Simple math. And you look at those stats, and, you, and we look at these stats, and we say, wow, the, you're there, and, and we love that you're here and that we're able to offer this to you for free, but we want to be able to keep doing it, and, uh, and it's getting tight, so please consider supporting us. Jeff, uh, speaking of our patrons, um, I always want to make sure that there's you know, some kind of perk for you. You know yes. that we're giving away t- not one but two teeny drones. Yes, so exciting. you can race a friend. These are micro um, quadcopters. And we're going to send two of those to uh, somebody that is going to be drawn from the first 100 patrons. We're kind of tired of waiting. And I said, you know what? Uh, we're not anywhere near 100 just yet. So let's give something else away. And I pulled out these NetTalk Duo 2s. Good deal. They give you three months of free international calling, Canada, U.S., and uh, you get the device absolutely free if mm-hmm. you win. So we uh, we gave five of those away this week to our patrons. Five? Surprise. Yeah, we just wow. said, hey, you support us. Thank you. Uh, here you go. And some people, some people wrote back and said, oh, I didn't even know the contest was happening. I, I'm a few <laughs> weeks behind uh, on the show. So I uh, just want to say congratulations to our first five winners. Um, if you want to get in on that action, uh, make sure you support us on Patreon as well. Again, that's cat5.tv slash Patreon. But I know that not everybody can do that. And so we want to make this accessible. We want to make sure that you can win this at home as well, even if you're not able to support us. Um, So, you know, they got first dibs, but I've got more of these to give away. And don't say. Well, the odds are a little less. Okay. And you've got 10,000 views a day. And I say, okay, now, now it's up to all of you. So you're, you're now, your chances have just gone to about one in 400,000. But... (laughs) You could win this. That's right. And there's no, you know, there's nothing to it. All you have to do is send me an email. It's contest at category5.tv. When you do that, just tell me your registered username on category5.tv. If you're not already registered, just head on over to category5.tv. Sign up. It's free. Click on the register button up at the top. And then email me, contest at category5.tv for a Net Talk Duo 2. And that includes the three months of free long distance. So what is this? This is a voice over IP device yes. that lets you cut the cord, cancel your phone service that you're paying 40 or 60 or $80 a month for. We're looking at Google's service as well. Yeah. Um, they've just introduced yeah, home phone. Home phone. They announced it today. It, it costs more than this. Yeah. The, the feature set is about the same, but you, pay, much, yeah. you pay, what, $120 a year. Yes. This, right. I'll give you for free if you win. And then to renew it is only about 40 bucks a year. And it comes with unlimited calling. It's, it's limited, but it's absurd as far as how much. It's like thousands and thousands of minutes. Mm-hmm. But technically, it's, you know, it's, I'll call it unlimited. But uh, so check out episode number 444. Last week. Where, yeah, last week where we talked about this. We talked to Nelson Hudis uh, from NetTalk about the device. Um, but I've got five of these to give away to you. So contest at category5.tv is where you want to email your registered username. We're going to hold a draw next week. My wife and I cut the phone cord about five years ago. Yeah. Um, No going back. And it was... uh, You wouldn't want to. One of the best decisions we ever made from a uh, financial standpoint when it comes to the phone. Mm -hmm. Uh, We saved so much money and the service is just as good. I mean, I've always heard... Or better. I have to say. Actually, yeah. NetTalk Duo 2 comes with caller ID, mm-hmm. call forwarding, call answer, like a voicemail system. Um, so everything you need. It's got everything. Yeah. It's even got 911 service, which That's for awesome. voice over IP is... It's a big deal. It's yeah. got call porting. If you don't want to lose your home phone number, you can actually port your phone number, which means really? turn your home phone number into a NetTalk Duo 2 device. That's great. So you don't, lo- you don't even lose your phone number. You don't even have to contact your family and friends. That's amazing. So what I did, and this is what I suggest maybe you do if you're wondering if it's going to work for you, um, is I installed it. Yep. I used it for one month first because it comes with three months free. Right. Right. Um, so use it for a month. See if you like it. Then say, okay, yeah, I do like it. Let's port my number. Cancel my phone service. Mm-hmm. 
then you know that you, you you're good to do that. You have just saved, you know, if you're paying forty bucks a month for your phone service, eighty bucks. You cancel it and get those two months free, mm-hmm. and then you renew for forty bucks, and then you've got a full year's worth of service with the same phone Which number. Awesome, can't beat it. It's a good deal. Okay, that's that. Uh, yeah, cool. So if you're just tuning in, if you don't know, and you don't know, category five is part of the. Uh, what do you call it? Tech Podcast Network. <laughs> yeah, what do you call it? <laughs> That's right. It's just that important. It's true. If it's tech, it's here. Cat5.tv slash TPN and the International Association of Internet Broadcasters, cat5.tv slash IAIB. Wonderful. Yeah. I always have to look because I'm afraid I'm going to mess it up. I know. I know. It's, it's the acronyms. I don't do well with acronyms. Well, we why. could do cat5.tv slash internet. Or International Association of Internet Broadcasters. You, that really goes that long on, so on a business card. For- <laughs> <laughs> My email address is Robbie at cat5.tv slash. <laughs> Have you ever seen those? No. I'm in web development, so I get those all the time. Oh, Maybe yes. we should shorten it down, folks. That's yep. where the acronyms come in. <laughs> I, oh. You and I did a, pro, uh, a preview of the Retro Pie on the show. Yes. How awesome is that, that you can take a, a Raspberry Pi microcomputer, turn it into a retro gaming console? I love it. I you bought it. one. I did. You bought a Raspberry Pi 3. Tell me about I, the I situation. The how's, it, how's it been going? So it First was, experience with a Raspberry Pi. Yeah. I've never had a Raspberry Pi. You guys keep talking about it on the show. It's a like, microcomputer. It's not something you eat. <laughs> That's right. Go to cat5.tv slash pie. And uh, that's with a uh, no E P I yeah P I yeah. all right yeah, so tell I, me about I, it. so I got the full Raspberry Pi three kit that comes with the case and might all as well kind of stuff. it's like the yeah. same price as a Raspberry it was two awesome. at this it came point. with the micro SD card it was it was perfect mm-hmm. um, so hooked it up installed uh, Retro Pi um, threw the emulators on for the games that I've got at home mm-hmm. um, everything was working well till I decided to load the N sixty four I hit the same snag I think yeah. I mentioned it on the show. So with the N64, incredibly choppy. Um, Like, I've got uh, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Mm -hmm. Love the game. Mm. Um, I want to get Mario Kart 64 going. I tried to load that as well. It was choppy. So I went through all the Nintendo 64 games, and they were choppy. And I was like, God, what am I going to do? So I started playing around with the settings, because I thought maybe it's an emulator problem. So are these settings within RetroPie, or did you do things like uh, raspy config? No, within the RetroPie. Did you do overclocking? I did not overclock. Okay, so that's something I might try. Yeah, I did not overclock. I went just into the Raspberry Pi settings for the specific emulator. So when you load the emulator, you hit any key. You push any key as it's loading. And you load the settings. So I went in there and set up specific um, frame rates and megahertz and all that kind of stuff for the Pi. And I tried different settings. And one of them, and for the life of me, I can't think of what it is right now. All of a sudden, sped up to about 85, 95% of what the N64 actually was, which was really good. Wow. Compared to what I was getting before, that was about a frame every three seconds. <laughs> so it makes me think how good really was the N64? How ahead of its time? Well, that's what I'm starting to realize. Wow. Yeah. So I, I was excited because now I can. For the most part, play my Nintendo 64 games. Okay. But the only problem I've run into is the PS3 controller won't work on them. On N64? On the N64. But it works on the Pi, right? Every other emulator. Yeah, it works on the Pi and every other emulator. Okay. So we're still going to have to play around. So disclaimer, it's not perfect, and it might take some tinkering, but it's pretty cool, and it's what a fun project. Oh. And are the kids enjoying it? We spent probably six hours in a Mario 3 tournament. It was awesome. Oh, yeah? Yeah. The, the kids were discovering... Are, is that like taking turns? Yeah. You take turns. Yes. Old school style. Old school style. Nice. Yeah, because we were passing the keyboard back and forth, and yeah, it was a lot of fun. So. so I haven't got the N64 stuff working yet either. One of the things that I did notice made a big difference, though, was to go into the, the terminal, hit F4, mm-hmm. go into the terminal and type raspi, R-A-S-P-I dash config, and then go th- through to overclocking okay. and experiment with turning up the uh, overclocking and there are some uh, profiles that are already preset there okay the higher that you go the hotter it's going to run of course so how's the case that came with the kit is it oh, got a amazing. lot of room Ton- tons of room it's passive though there's no fan or anything like that no there's no fan what about but heat the, sinks? the kit 
came with two heat sinks, so okay. I attached those. But the case is um, there's enough um, uh, ventilation within it, so that okay. it's constantly free flowing air. Are there holes in the case? Yeah, there's okay. a, the big one in the middle. It's the shape of the raspberry logo. Um, there's holes right. all around the side. I wonder it's if good. you could, with that, because you're going to hide it behind a TV anyway, could you get like a 120 millimeter fan or something like that and stick it on the top and yeah. blow in through the holes and let it exhaust Absolutely. out the sides yeah. and cool it down? Totally that would. way you could overclock it like crazy Yep. and see if that's going to make all the difference. Yes. Um, I've had good experience with it. And I, in fact, uh, you loaned me one of your PS3 controllers mm-hmm. and we used it here on the show. It worked perfectly. Yep. But we didn't try the N64 that's stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, but when I gave that back to you, I, I wept a little inside. <laughs> then I went to a local store and I found that they sell some off-brand um, PS3 knockoff controllers. And it was like, sweet, 20 bucks for a controller. So yep. I picked one up and plugged in the... It wasn't Bluetooth like yours was. It was right. some other um, uh, thing, but it came with the dongle. Plugged it in and it worked. Just Great. like that. So it really made me uh, think, hey, this is really good. I also picked up a... Um, uh, uh, Xbox 360 controller for it. Okay, yep. Because I thought that might work with the Bluetooth, but in fact, it requires a separate dongle from oh, Microsoft. Okay. So I've ordered that. You can get one through our website, cat5.tv slash pi, uh, but it requires a dongle. The reason I wanted the Xbox 360 controller is because I heard that it also works on the uh, Amazon Fire TV. Oh. As long as your Fire TV has USB input, you can plug the dongle into it, because it's Microsoft made it so that it would work with the dongle. Right. And it should work. Now I'm waiting for my dongle to come in. It's going to take a couple weeks from Amazon. But waiting we'll for the see. mail is just so frustrating sometimes because you just can't wait to get your new purchase. I want to play with the Raspberry <laughs> Pi. I want to play retro games. Yes. The kids love it. They, they found this uh, off brand knockoff of Mario in there that was in the. Oh, really? That was in the. Um, just in one of the folders that came with it. So hmm. I don't know if it, uh, I can't remember. It, it, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how it had, yeah. it has like Quake Arena and That's right, a yeah. couple of other games that have been por- ports. Yes, in ports. Ports. Yeah. In ports on RetroPie, there was a Mario knockoff and the kids love it. So they were sitting there all gathered around a keyboard and everybody got their own controls and they were playing retro style Mario. It was, That's it awesome. looked like a hybrid, better graphics like Mario 3, yeah. but the gameplay was more like Mario Bros. Love it. They, they loved it. So Love how cool it. was that? What's your experience been so far with the Retro Pi? If you haven't already picked one up, you can go to cat5.tv slash pi. Get your Raspberry Pi 3 kit just like Jeff did. Uh, we found that it works with uh, the PS3 remotes out mm-hmm. of the box. Yep. But you're saying that it, maybe not with N64, at yeah. least at this point. We're going to have to hack that or work on it. I'm yeah. sure that there's some I think support. it might be related to the emulator. It might be, eh? Yeah. There are several different N64 emulators to choose from. Yeah, so I may have to try a different one. So, and this is all software. It's a really great interface. So uh, check that out and let us know what your experience uh, is like. Hello to our chat room. Nice to see everybody. X one says, what comes with Quake Arena? It does. Gotta have it. Yeah. Quake Arena controlled by... I don't know if it works with the PS3 remote or not. I think I played it with the keyboard and a mouse. Uh, yeah, I played it with the keyboard too. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's fun. It's a load of fun, and it's yeah. a cheap gaming console. Yep. So, uh, Sasha got one too. Sasha Dermatis picked up one. Yeah. Now, I haven't heard how that's been going. I haven't either. Anywhere? I think she got no. it the day the power went out. Oh, well. <laughs> so she's basically s- stuck the heat sinks on, <laughs> and then right. she's been back to work. Yeah. So we'll have to find out from her. All right. Eventually. Microsoft is getting really aggressive um, with their Windows 10 updates, yep. uh, upgrades. Um, people have been successful in disabling the little pop-up that says, you can upgrade for free to Windows 10. Click here. to So, great. You can do some registry key entries and mm-hmm. clear that out and get rid of it. So, they say, okay, well, we don't want that. So, they added the feature to Internet Explorer. So now, when a user brings up Internet Explorer, even with that setting turned off so that they don't get the pop-up, now Internet Explorer warns, hey, click here to get in, next in line for Windows 10. Now, what about Chrome or Firefox or anything no, like that? No, it doesn't does it? affect them. Okay. So uh, I've been saying it since 1942. Get rid of Internet Explorer, switch to Chrome. <laughs> That's right. You know? Why are you still using Internet, Internet Explorer, folks? Get rid of it. It's a virus. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's their tactic. 
And now, because it's part of the browser, there's no way to turn it off. Yeah. So just <sighs> remove Microsoft. the shortcut, unpin it, and, uh, and stick Chrome or Firefox on there, and you'll be good to go. Um, I guess it's important to note that Windows 7 is still going to be supported until 2020. That's 2016, so we still have four and a half years to go. Yep. Three and a half years. Three and a half. Three and a half. Depending if it's the end of 2020 or not. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I guess it depends on when they do it. That's right. Probably January 1st. But that's that's what it comes down to. I mean, your Windows 7 system, if you're running Windows, is still good until 2020, so Mm -hmm. you might as well use it um, if you don't want to go Windows 10. And I think a lot of that has to do with privacy. Yep. See, and I haven't switched over from Windows 7. Mm-hmm. I still have it. I, I won't. I won't go Windows 10. You're on Windows 10 over here. Yes. Yep. Not activated. No. <laughs> because I screwed up the installation process, and maybe you've done the same. But, yeah. Uh, well, I've got a dual boot on my system, but primarily, uh, well, I mean, I don't think I've booted into Windows in the last like four months. So yeah. Pr- primarily. Yeah, I don't Linux. do it. But our system, our editing, video editing, and broadcasting software requi- requires Microsoft Windows. Yes. Which yep. is unfortunate, but uh, that's just the way it is. So we're actually going to look at your system in a, f- in a little bit um, okay. after the news, I think, because you're going to get into looking at some Bluetooth devices. I'm excited. We're going to connect it to the laptop because the laptop has Bluetooth built in. Yes. That's pretty cool. I've also got an uh, iOS device here, a little iPod Touch, mm-hmm. and uh, we're going to try to connect some things to that. But in the meantime, uh, I know that uh, you've got some viewer questions that we wanted we to get into. We do have some viewer questions. Right. So the first one... Is from Whiskey Zero. He says, Barry looks cold. Great YouTube video. Happy Easter, everybody. Hey. So, Whiskey Zero, thank you. Happy Easter, Whiskey Zero. A little late now, but um, Whiskey Zero, most likely referring to, because it's Easter, yep. I released a uh, sing-songy type thing. That's right. That was what, Friday? Friday. Yes. For Good Friday, I released a song. Um, so that's available on the Robbie Sings For You channel on YouTube with a four, the number four, and a U, the letter U. Um, or if you're on Roku, you'll see it for the next couple of weeks on uh, on our Roku channel, Category 5 technology or Category Five TV network. Excellent. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that. Okay. So speaking of pie, we have a pie question from Orange Man. Hey, Orange Man. Says he's been using his pie with an old 720p webcam. Uh, okay. And as Raspberry Pi, I found that if I plug the camera in the USB socket and install cheese, it works. Instead, using the camera uh, that plugs into the long ribbon socket on the motherboard. Does the camera um, plug, that plugs into the motherboard work better than the one using USB and cheese? Hmm. I don't know about that. I mean, the USB on the Raspberry Pi 2 and beyond are really quite good. Yeah. The early model... Uh, Raspberry Pi had some trouble with, you know, frame rates and the USB wasn't all that great. But the newer ones, yeah. Yeah, I think you'll do just fine. If you get into really high uh, frame rates and really high resolutions, you're 720p, so you should be okay. That's 1280 by 720. Um, If you got into 1080p or 4K, it might be too much. Yeah. But that's really processor as opposed to USB. So it's really just an either or. I think where that ribbon cable connection on the raspberry pi comes in Mm -hmm. is if you wanted to make a self-contained unit that wasn't using usb and that you you had something like if you were building something uh, like a surveillance camera or something like that and you wanted it to be all kind of self-contained there's a lot of um, kit that you can buy like a special case that turns it into a camera for example cool so those kinds of things are cool that's where the ribbon connector comes in but you could just use the USB camera. I think that works just fine. And if it's working for you, Cheese is a program that basically allows you to access your webcam. So it allows you to take pictures on increments and do all kinds of fancy effects. Don't throw Cheese Whiz onto your Raspberry Pi. Not a good idea. No, not a good idea. Jeff, we've got to take a really quick break. We're going to be back with more of your questions right after this. Mm. Welcome back. This is Category 5 Technology TV, episode number 445. Welcome to the show, Jeff. On with more viewer questions. All right. So this one is related to actually our studio setup. Interesting. Yeah. So it's it's a technical question. Okay. It's going to take a little bit to get through it, but I'll try and make it quick. Okay. So I'll take it's a break. from Lancer's dad. <laughs> uh, he's been watching hey, a Lancer's video. Dad. 
uh, of our production setup and wants to know, with our system, the webcam monitor shots are being fed into a PCIe 3.0 USB cart. Uh, and he says we've mentioned that clearly, that connecting the cameras to a motherboard on the PCIe card combines the inputs on the same bus. The question is taking us back to a rudimentary, fundamental question that, and that he's missed, and is how and in what configuration is and are the 3.0 USB PCI cards installed in the system? On our system? Hmm. We have a special motherboard that has separate buses. Okay. So our PCIe is actually dual lane. So that means, I think that means, <laughs> we actually have two chipsets. So we have Matrox and uh, NVIDIA. Okay. IIRC. This is going mm. back, okay? Um, so our motherboard, um, if I plug in one PCI Express card and then another one, those two are sharing separate lanes okay. to the processor. So, uh, so that's a little, yeah, that's a little more sophisticated. Um, but what you're, what you're wondering is about why we've, maybe why we've done separate cards. He was just wondering how we've got it set up. That's kind of it. Um, really what it boils down to when you're using USB, you have to remember, uh, and this is another webcam-based question. So if you've got an HD USB webcam, you plug that into USB, it uses a fair bit of bandwidth. Mm -hmm. And it could oversaturate your USB bus or your USB chip. Um, so if you have a single chip on your motherboard that's for USB... Um, some motherboards now will have two because you've got USB 2 and USB 3. You might have right. two ports that are USB 3. That would be the, the one to use for a USB uh, HD camera. Uh, and then the USB 2 ports, you might have six of those. Those are the ones for keyboard, mouse, other peripherals that don't need the, the maximum speed. Right. So by separating those out, not having a keyboard on the same bus as the webcam, you're not going to be sharing the bandwidth. Um, so that where it becomes a problem is, okay, you've got two USB 3.0 ports. They're sharing the same connection, basically. And so if you plug in two webcams and they're both running 1080p, now you've got a problem where it might not be able to keep up. Right. It's okay. a lot of, that's a lot of throughput. So you stick in a PCI Express card that gives you yet another chip, another USB chip. I'll, I'm just simplifying it. But, um, so that card becomes the processor for all that USB communication. And then down through the PCI Express bus, it goes out to the processor and all the other peripherals. Right. So by adding more of those cards, you get more bandwidth for USB peripherals because each card is able to basically... We'll consider it like a capture device for USB in this case because you're plugging in a webcam. The more um, cameras that you plug in, the more it's it's split among multiple devices. So if I've got you know X amount of throughput and I plug in two cameras, I now have X divided by two. Right. So you're not going to have enough throughput. So okay. adding more cards means more bandwidth means less likely to have problems. Awesome. Now one of the things I love about the show is that we do have the live chat room. And so there's a question about what you've just said. Okay. Uh, from <laughs> SoundPro69. Hey, SoundPro. Uh, he says, but I think Robbie F is still using one and the same PCIe controller for both, right? No. No. My motherboard has two PCIe controllers or okay. buses. So um, so our, our cards are staggered so that, um, as I mentioned, I, I think it was a matrix. I don't know if matrix is the right one. Because I think that's um, something else. But it, Did I you have do two a different show about making your <laughs> a show. I filmed the um, the build right and put it up on Roku. That's right. Okay, is it's, it still available? It's eight hours long. Okay, it's uh, it is technically available, but uh, on Roku, our extras special features are yep. currently offline, um, and that's because we're upgrading. We're we're oh, doing okay. some changes to our All database. Right. So uh, when that comes back, special features, you can check out that video and you'll learn more about it. But yeah, I've okay. got two lanes basically in our computer uh, for PCIe, so it makes a difference. Awesome. But I think it would work. Um, should, should we do one more question? I do. We have time. I think we should jump into the news. Okay. That works for me. If we didn't get to your question tonight, though, I do want to. I do want to help you out. I hope that uh, that you'll uh, send us your questions. Mm -hmm. Best way to get your questions into us right now is to go to cat5.tv/ask. You can also email live at category5.tv, but I would suggest if you do that in your subject line, please type viewer question. 
Okay. It's very important because we do get a ton of email here and it would really help us to filter it out. So um, honestly, what I do a lot of times I go into email and I do a filter for viewer question. So um, that's, that's the best way to get it to us. Excellent. All right. You ready? I am ready. Jeff is ready. So folks. All right. It's Tuesday, March 29th, 2016. And here are the stories we're covering this week. A new iOS malware has been discovered that could potentially affect any device, even non-jailbroken ones. A customer database and information about uh, Verizon security flaws were put up for sale by criminals this week, sorry, last week, and a frighteningly sophisticated form of USB malware has been discovered that can steal confidential data even from air-gapped computers. Tay, an artificial intelligence social media bot from Microsoft who learns from social interactions, became racist and uh, called for genocide within 24 hours of being activated. Uh, Watch that one go down. That was interesting. More AI news. They're writing novels, and they're not half bad. And the new Ubuntu tablet is a standard tablet, a desktop computer, and more, and it's available for pre-order now. These are the stories coming right up, so don't go anywhere. Hi, I'm Robbie Ferguson, and I love being a Vimeo Pro member. As a web broadcaster, I need an affordable video hosting platform that's as flexible as me. A pro membership lets you upload up to 20 gigabytes of HD video each and every week with no additional bandwidth restrictions. That means if you produce a show that uses even up to 20 gigabytes of storage, your limit resets itself the following week, so you can do another 20 gigabytes. And keep doing that week after week. Now, Category 5, with all of our shows, use roughly 10 gigabytes per week. From there, Vimeo automatically generates all the files that you need to provision your RSS feeds, Roku channel, website media player, or even video downloads in multiple bit rates, with no limits on your bandwidth usage or how many people can access your files. What's best? The price is astonishingly affordable. And for a limited time, friends of the Category5.tv network will receive a whopping 25% off the annual price. All you have to do is go through our link, cat5.tv slash Vimeo, and sign up today for your 25% discount. To top it off, you get 30 days to try it risk-free. If you're not happy with Vimeo Pro, you pay nothing. The deal is only for a very limited time. Go to cat5.tv slash Vimeo. I'm Jeff Wesson, and here are the top stories from the Category5.tv newsroom. A new iOS malware has been discovered that could potentially affect any device, even non-jailbroken ones. This malware abuses design flaws in Apple's DRM protection mechanism called FairPlay. This technique called FairPlay Man in the Middle lets attackers install malicious apps on iOS devices without needing to go through Apple's security measures. This malware is able to trick Apple devices into believing that they've purchased the apps legitimately and thus are free to install them on their device without paying. Sounds appealing, right? Well, the malicious part comes in where the author of the malware makes it so that it can install malicious apps onto the customer's phones without their knowledge. These apps then connect to a third-party app store controlled by the author uh, that the user can download iOS apps or games from, but which reveal personal information such as Apple IDs and, frighteningly, your passwords. This incident should once again remind users that while Apple's walled garden approach does work for the most part, it's not infallible. Users have to take steps to prepare, uh, protect themselves completely against such threats. One way of doing this, of course, we wouldn't give you the news without some sort of advice, is to simply use first-party services or software when it comes to device management and not resorting to anything third-party or fan-created. After a data breach at Verizon Enterprise Solutions, a customer database and information about Verizon's security flaws were put up for sale by criminals last week. The database reported... Wow, that sounded like a cheesy newscast. Last week. Something out of the Muppet Show or something. How's the weather today, Jane? (laughs) Well, the weather's just fine. Thank you for asking. (laughs) Moving right along then, Jane. The database reportedly contained the personal information of 1.5 million customers of Verizon Enterprise. The entire database was priced at $100,000 or 10,000 for each set of 100,000 customer records. Buyers were also offered the option to purchase information about security vulnerabilities in Verizon's website. Uh, 
Verizon Enterprise is itself a seller of security products and services, often helping Fortune 500 businesses clean up after data breaches. How ironic. Verizon has already identified and fixed the flaw in its enterprise client portal that allowed the hackers to gain access to the database, which have been confirmed uh, to have taken place. Now, 97% of Fortune 500 companies are customers of Verizon Enterprise. The contact information stolen from Verizon could be used in phishing scams and other attacks. Now, not long ago, we faced a bad USB threat, and now security researchers have discovered another sophisticated malware which can spread through USB devices. The USB thief, as it's called, seems to be a highly specialized thief since it penetrates networks undetected, leaving no traces and working only on the USB drive on which it was injected by the attacker. And according to researchers at ESET, it's also empowered with mechanisms that prevent the production that could be used for malware analysis and discovery. For connecting a, an infected USB device, the malware executes simultaneously with portable applications and runs in the background, posing as a plugin or a D DLL file. It makes its way into the user's computer to steal data, and in no time, vanishes with no evidence of the damage uh, being made. It's also capable of protecting itself against reverse engineering or analysis through an AES-128 encryption algorithm, algorithm that also serves to bind uh, the Trojan to a specific device. Yeah, the only prevention at this time beyond a DLP uh, solution is knowledge. You, your family, your staff need to be aware to not connect USB drives from unknown sources for your computer. That's scary. It's very scary. And, okay, I, I'm pretty sure I've talked about this in the past. I'm a Tom Clancy guy. Love his novels. One of the books is about this kind of usage of malware done through USB devices or connecting other peripherals mm. to a computer. But what it does is it goes to the source code in the binary and adds in a couple of lines of code that allows interactions from a back door. Hacking in, getting all your information, they use it to... Anyway, I'm One not going to ruin the book. I think about, you know, have you ever been to a trade show? Yeah. Here, have a USB key. Here, have a USB oh, yeah. key. Um, all the boxes and boxes of free USB keys that come out of uh, various areas that may not be super trusted yep. could easily be infected with something like this. Well, I mean, who's to stop? I mean, I hear stories like this, and immediately I go to the nth degree, and I go, what's to stop a legitimate company from putting the same thing on the USB that they give or you for free? the NSA. Da, da, da. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's just, uh, you know, it, it's tech. We, we live by it. We die by it. It's just the way it goes. Knowledge. Edumacate Makes you think. People. Makes you think, though. It's um, true. Maybe when you get these USB keys, would it be safest to plug it into a separate Linux computer that's completely unconnected to anything? Remove all partitions? recreate the file system it's pretty complicated to get a free eight gig usb stick but how many but people would know how to do that or know to do that yeah how many times have you found uh, a bag full of usb keys in your house and said oh i can't remember what any of these were from i don't think that's ever happened to me that happens to me all <laughs> the time i've got like oh my three. gosh i have like ziploc baggies of usb keys that i just find that's amazing because people just hand them to me and stuff. And so then when I need a USB key, what do I do? Because, like, in my pocket at all times, I have USB keys. Like, I have one in my pocket today. That's awesome. But I will always have at least one, maybe three or four. Well, you never know when you're going to need. I always carry them for work. Generally, for personal life, I don't carry them around the house. I don't have that many. You're just not that cool. It's true. It's true. See how I reversed that? I've just got my pie. That's all that matters. All right. I talked <laughs> okay. in that one. Microsoft has admitted that it faced some difficult challenges in AI design after its chatbot Tay had an offensive meltdown on social media. Now, Microsoft issued an apology in a blog post on Friday explaining it was deeply sorry after its artificial intelligent chatbot turned into a genocidal racist on Twitter. Peter Lee, Microsoft's vice president of research, said AI systems feed off both positive and negative interactions with people. In that sense, the challenges are just as much social as they are technical. We'll do everything possible to limit technical exploits, but also know we cannot fully predict all possible human intera interactive misuses without learning from mistakes. 
Tay, an AI bot aimed at 18 to 24 year olds, was deactivated within 24 hours of going live after she made a number of tweets that were highly offensive. Microsoft began by simply deleting Tay's inappropriate tweets, but later turned her off completely. Microsoft's aim with the chatbot was to experiment with and conduct research on conversational understanding with Tay being able to learn from her conversations uh, that got progressively smarter. But Tay proved to uh, be a smash hit with racists, trolls, and online troublemakers from websites like 4chan who persuaded Tay to blithely use racial slurs, defend white supremacist propaganda, and even outright call for genocide. Lee added, unfortunately, in the first 24 hours of coming online, a coordinated attack by a subset of people exploited a vulnerability in Tay. Although we had prepared for many types of abuses of the system, we've made a critical oversight for the specific attack as a result. Tay tweeted wildly inappropriate and reprehensible words of images. Uh, we take full responsibility for not seeing this possibility ahead of time. Can you really call that attack? Welcome to the internet, Microsoft. Have you ever signed up for a YouTube account and posted some videos? Like, really, people... Wait for the comments. People are going to see how far they could take it. That's not an attack. That's curiosity. When, this, when, when she first came out, I like kittens. Like, yeah, but it was funny. <laughs> Hour one. I was watching an interaction where um, there was a news reporter who was actually starting a conversation. And within about eight tweets, she was putting up some pretty racy dating type comments mm. towards this guy. And he was just asking general questions. Yeah. But I mean, okay. in fact, yeah. We're at the point now where... Okay, is artificial intelligence making the news because it's sophisticated, or is it because of our curiosity about AI? I think it's both. Because here, so when I first heard about this, the, the one thing I said to my wife is, is this actually bothers me a little bit. Because if they're creating AI to have a general conversation with somebody to yeah. understand conversation and how it plays out, what's to stop websites from throwing up chatbots that are going to oh, interact yeah. with people How about to Facebook? steal your information. Facebook Absolutely. is now um, counseling. Yes. Basically, counseling people that they find on fa the Facebook platform that are maybe have suicidal tendencies. Yep. And suddenly posting things to them electronically through AI, mm -hmm. through machine learning. What's to say somebody doesn't take control of that or something? But... I think what it boils down to, I mean, here, okay, yeah, we've built machine learning. Mm -hmm. We've got artificial intelligence. We've got conversation and learning and uh, intelligence, so to speak. But where's the moral compass? Can you program morality? Where's the, you know, if, if I'm set up, if I have been born to learn from my interactions and you put me free on Twitter and people are bombarding me with racist comments and things about this or that, where is, how am I going to learn? Yeah. So I, if this is what is going to power the robots of tomorrow, what's to stop a robot, a killer robot, that's a real thing, from being persuaded by extremist groups? Absolutely. And interestingly enough, because this thing is designed for 18 to 24-year-olds, we're talking about a specific They're generation. They're the worst. They're <laughs> the worst. But we're talking about a small <laughs> subset. I've been there. A small subset group of the millennials. Yeah. And I mean, based on lingo, based on personality styles, you're creating this AI with a group that is still learning to become <laughs> adults. I just pictured uh, the first robot is going to learn from our 18 to 24-year-olds. They're just going to be, oh, my gosh. AI is learning from being. Oh, my goodness. Like, totally. <laughs> <laughs> I'm officially getting too old because I'm now going, them kids. Yeah, I know. Oh, <laughs> I'm only goodness, early when did 30s. this happen? It's oh, no longer cool to be cool. I know. It's, oh, okay. Oh, you've got more. I do have more. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. Okay. 
the Nikkei Hoshi Senichi Literary Award, I'm sorry yeah. if I butchered that one. Sorry about that. Isn't like other literary prizes. In addition to work authorized by humans, sorry, authored by humans, it also considers the literary output of artificial intelligence software. Here we go, AI again. The results of the latter are surprisingly and a little bit scary, not that bad. Researchers from Japan's future university, uh, Hakade submitted a short story called The Day a Computer Writes a Novel, and it comes across as something a human might have written. One passage reads, I rise with joy, which I experienced for the first time and kept writing with excitement. The day a computer wrote a novel, the computer placing priority on the pursuit of its own joy stopped working for humans. The contest began accepting AI-generated entries in 2014. I didn't even know this was happening. Four such books were entered this year with at least one accepted for the initial short list. Four books written by a computer. That's nuts. Wow. Contrary to American-developed AI, the Japanese novel writing AI is not a racist and does not intend to destroy humans. The fact that AI is able to mimic something as a human as writing novel uh, shows its increasing flexibility and sophistication. We've already talked about how Google's using AI to answer emails on behalf of users, and even if artificial intelligence is not going to win any literary prizes soon, it is likely to be creating a variety of written products before too long. I could see this working for technical manuals. Oh, yeah. Could you imagine? If you teach the AI how your device works and let it spew out a manual... Makes sense. It would be probably better than a lot of the manuals that are out there. And if you're programming it to do the work anyway, then it... That's true. What Who understands it better than itself? itself? Yeah. Just give it the program. Give it the app and let it describe it. Interesting stuff. Neat. That's All right. cool. All right. Not AI, but still technology. The arrival of the Ubuntu smartphone happened, and now it comes with an announcement of a new tablet powered by the popular Linux OS. It's the world's first tablet powered by Ubuntu, and it's called Aquarius M10. It is already available for pre-order in Europe and should begin shipping mid-April, just a few short weeks away. Now, there's two models available at this time, one with 1280 by 800 screen and the other one with full HD 1920 by 1080, with the latter featuring a slightly snappier 1.5 gigahertz processor. The key difference from other tablets on the market is that Ubuntu Aquarius M10 is a unique hybrid device of sorts. Use it as a standard tablet with all the features you'd expect from a touch device, but as soon as you plug in a keyboard and mouse, the OS itself changes to that of a desktop computer. Unlike most other hybrid tablets we've seen which try to have a single interface for all platforms, Ubuntu is doing it right by changing the interface depending on the case, on the fly. Users also have have the option to attach an external display, which makes it a truly hybrid, take-it-everywhere device. Check out BQ.com to see the Aquarius M10. I'm excited about this. I could totally use this in my job. I think it's a great idea. Right now, we're still bound to laptops um, in Mm. the line of work that I do, and I've said for a long time we need to be going to tablets. This would be amazing. I think it's sweet. I think it'd be totally cool. Anyway, well done, Canonical. Mm-hmm. Big thanks this week to Roy W. Nash and uh, myself for submitting uh, some stories and to our community <laughs> of viewers as well. <laughs> Way to take all the credit there, Jeff. Well, well, I wrote some of these stories, so you know, thank you to me. It pops up periodically, and I'm like, I don't even include my name in the list. I, well, Do you want to know how much work I put into this show? You're part of the community of viewers. I know. <laughs> I know. Thanks. <laughs> thanks a lot. Wait till the day we have stories submitted by AI. Maybe they were. All right. Now, if you've found a news story that you like, you can send it to newsroom at category5.tv. For all your tech news with a slight Linux bias, visit the category5.tv newsroom at newsroom.category5.tv. For the category5.tv newsroom, I'm Jeff Weston. Thanks, Jeff. This is Category 5 Technology TV. We've got to take a really quick break. We will be right back after this. You've got mad skills. Now hone them. Learn new skills or improve your existing ones with online video tutorials and training from lynda.com through our special link at cat5.tv slash lynda. Learn software, technology, creative, and business skills you can use today to help you achieve your professional goals. Join today and start learning. We'll give you this chance to try it absolutely free with unlimited access to all of the courses. 
Sign up now for free, cat5.tv slash Linda. Welcome back. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Our website is www.category5.tv. My name is Robbie Ferguson. I'm Jeff Weston. Jeff! I know we're running short on time, but we've got some really cool Bluetooth devices that I want yes. to pull up on the screen. Let's just reach up here. I have a little couple of buttons up here that I can... I didn't even see that up there. I know, right? This whole show, I How no cool is that? <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> I'm right. clearly observant. Check it out. Okay, we've got Chipolo. Chipolo, this is a clever little device. Should we just crack right into it? Absolutely. Chipolo allows you to find anything that may otherwise be lost. What do you tend to lose around the house? Uh, my phone or my kids. You could attach this to each <laughs> child. Okay, we'll go with the phone. A phone or keys, I think, is a, is a good one. Yeah, um, okay. Uh, for me, remote controls. The kids... It gets tucked in between couch cushions. It gets, I don't know why, but, you know, three kids at home, they'll battle over who has control of the remote and one of them will hide it. We actually found it in the flour in the baking cupboard one time. Really? Figure that one out. Huh. Anyway, so if only I had Chipolo, we wouldn't have had to have uh, about a week where we didn't know where. 